All right. So tonight we'll continue down the road of of development, and we're going to make some bigger distinctions tonight. Uh, in some areas, we'll clarify some things and and go even further. I had a, I was not here on Sunday. Some of you may have known had the opportunity. One of my friends had his 15 year anniversary, and so uh, I was the speaker for the service. It was a blessing to see. Because I was there when their church started. I was there when they started with a handful of people. And uh, this is their fifth building. And now they have a few hundred members. And uh, just to see, it was a blessing to see what their faithfulness had done with them continuing on. And uh, uh, had an opportunity to share some of this about development and uh, as it pertains to where they've been and where they're going. And it was exciting. And uh, I don't know if I want to share much of that tonight, but uh, I've entitled tonight's message, Good, Better, Best. Good, Better, Best. Okay? And uh, I asked this question, why would God make best uh, an available option if he didn't want you to have it? Why would God make best an available option if he did not want for you to have it? Okay? So, um, and we know that uh, that there are situations in the Bible, optimum situations that happen, good things that happen. Why would God make best an option if he didn't want you to have it? And so many people, again, talking about the root of where we started with this development was that if God's not the thing that's stopping you, if, if, he's, if he can and he's willing, if he's not the thing that's stopping you, then you only got two choices left. It's the devil and uh, uh, the devil or you. All right. And so we understand that if God has uh, given given the promise his power, then his power will defeat the devil. The only thing left over is you. Yeah. All right. So if God's promised his power and uh, the only thing left over that's stopping you is you. We got God's power to defeat the devil. And, and so that's not an issue. So now we look at. Uh, again, here <clears throat> again, here tonight. You know, one of the, one of the key and the major things uh, in our development, or the principal uh, major thing in our development, uh, is our choices that we make. So let's look at Luke chapter nineteen, Luke chapter nineteen, and we'll start there. And this is kind of this is a, a similar version of the talents, but uh, Brother Russell and I were having dinner this week, and was it last night, Monday night, one or two, and. And he he brought this up and shared this with me. And man, I'm like, man, I never paid that close attention to it. Uh, but it's basically the same story of the talents. Luke 19. Luke 19. So in Luke chapter 19. Starting in verse, I think, 11. Yeah, starting in verse 11. Luke 19, verse 11, he says this. He says, now, as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem, because they thought that the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country uh, to receive for himself a kingdom and, and to return. So he called... Uh, so he called ten of his servants and delivered unto them ten minas and said unto them, go and do business till I come. But this, but his, 
his citizens hated him and they sent a delegation after him saying we will not have this man reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom and commanded the servants to whom he had given the money, he called uh, uh, to be called to him that he he might know how much every man had gained by trading. So in this story right here, there were 10 servants, right? So there were 10 servants and seven of them, it appears they run off. They said they we're not going to have them run over, reign over us. All right, so you got seven of the servants ran off and you have three that's left over. So we're going to kind of see the whole end of the whole situation comes up. And again, this is Jesus telling the story so we can kind of hear his heart in this situation. He said, but, uh, or verse 15. Mm-hmm. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, received the kingdom, and uh, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, and he might uh, know how much every man had gained by trading. And uh, then came the first saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said unto him, Well done, our good and faithful servant, because you are faithful and very little. You have authority over ten cities. Then the second came, saying, Master, your mina, I have, uh, your mina has earned five minas. And likewise, he said to him, you are also, you are also over five cities. And the other came saying, Master, your mina, here's your mina, which you have uh, put him away in my handkerchief. For I feared you because you are an austere man. So the same speech from, uh, Matthew to collect and, uh, uh, you collect that which you did not deposit and you reap that which you did not sow. And he said unto him, uh, out of your own mouth, I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting that what I, that I did not deposit, reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank, and at my coming I might receive it with interest? And he said unto those who stood by, Take the mina from him, and give it to him who has ten minas. But they said unto him, Master, he has ten minas. For I say to you that everyone who has will be given, and to him who does not have, even that which he have will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. Right. So here uh, again, you got two sets of people to go. Now, this, this one brother is not by himself. At least he didn't get slayed. All right. You got the other set of people there uh, who say we don't we don't want him to reign over us. And so he's again, this is not Jesus talking about what he did, but Jesus is telling the story. And again, you tell what a person is trying to go by the examples or a little bit of their heart by the examples that they use. Right. So. Uh, and so he says about these other people who didn't want anything to do with it, said we're not going to even participate at all. Uh, as it pertains to development, we don't want nothing to do with that. All right. So they were worse off than the other brother. Now, what I want you to see from this story tonight was that everybody had a choice to make in this situation. The seven people who chose not to get involved at all. Right. Then the, the one guy who turned his into 10, the other one turned it into five, and the one who had put it in the handkerchief and handed it right back. But everybody made a choice. We all have choices to make. Amen. Right? Their choices, their choices in this story made the difference. Right? In the same way, our choices make the difference in our life. The level of wisdom, uh, a level of wisdom allows you, a level of wisdom that you're working with allows you to make better choices. So choices make the difference and the level of wisdom that you're operating at allows you to make better choices. 
right? Development increases wisdom. Your development increases wisdom. So choices make the difference in these matters. Choices make the difference in your life. The level of wisdom that you possess allow you to make better choices. Development increases the level of wisdom that you work with. Now, the lack of wisdom heightens your possibility of making foolish choices. So true. The lack of wisdom heightens your possibility of making foolish choices. Right? So, I told you I used to be real intimidated. Never want to talk about wisdom. I didn't understand it, and I just thought I wasn't the person to talk about it. But tonight, tonight I'm very glad to tell you that I have I had a change in this matter. And so we're going to talk about different kinds of wisdom tonight. And one of them is totally different than the other one. All right? So just keep going with me on this thing. Um, okay, so how many of you, how many of you seen the movie, uh, Rocky Balboa, the last Rocky movie? All right? So in the last Rocky movie, you remember, uh, when Rocky was gonna fight this guy, and I think it was Apollo Creed's trainer who trained Rocky. Right? The old black, the black bald head guy, and now his mustache is white, and he got in there with Rocky, and they decided how they was gonna train. And so he told Rocky, he said, well, he said, uh, your knees are bad, so running is out. <laughs> right? He told him his knees are bad, so running is out. And he went on with a couple other things that Rocky was too old to do now. Right? right? So what they had to do was they, need, they had to come up with another strategy in order to train and to win. Because there were certain things from a physical standpoint now that Rocky could not do. So, and why did I write this down? So because certain aspects of physical strength were off the table at that time, Somebody say at that time. At that time. He had to rely on mental strength more at that time. Okay. Okay. So at that, at this particular time in Rocky's life, some of the physical things he could do is off the table. He can't do that. So at this, at this same time that they were at, we got to use more mental. All right. Now, what I would propose to you is, is that you don't have to wait. Until the physical strength is gone for you to employ more mental. Yeah. Right? So they had, they, they, when, when they, when they realized that the option was off the table for some of the physical training, they said we got to be smarter. Right? But they didn't have to wait until this time in Rocky's career to be smarter. They could have did it earlier. True. Right? Now, uh, Brother Cooper, if I miss any of this story, you can, you can tell me, straighten me up. When we were building that thing right there, that sound booth, we were either a little bit further back than we wanted to be or a little bit further forward than we wanted to be. One or two. You remember that? Right. So then I'm, I'm asking him the whole time, like, you know, man, we're going to need a whole bunch of people to help us move this thing. Right. And he just kept saying, no, nah. <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. And he never would tell me what we were going to do. And I'm just thinking, man, this thing's heavy. I I know how much wood we put in this thing down here. No, we're not gonna we're not gonna need that like that. And so then I, I think he went and got some uh, some uh, PVC PVC pipe, and we jacked it up some kind of way or used some kind of leverage. Just me and him. It wasn't six or seven people. Yeah, use a lever, 
he jacked it up, got it up, slid the PVC pipe, and that big old heavy thing just rolled. Right. <laughs> it rolled where we needed to roll. Now, you know, we, we didn't at that point, we did that because we didn't have the physical muscle. But even if we had had all of the physical muscle here, that was still an option. Yeah. And we could have maybe saved some strength for later on. Right. So in a lot of times in life, how many things are we putting more effort into than we need to yeah. when we really, if we found the wiser option, we could save some strength to later on. Amen. Right. So at this time, because Rocky, you know, they could have been fighting that way. But because certain things were off the table, that made him think differently. OK, they had to make different choices. Hmm. All right. I want to let's go to Proverbs chapter one, verse seven, Proverbs chapter one, verse seven. And we're going to look at something again. I want to I want to tonight make a clear distinction. With this whole series that we're going through of gifted and untrained about development, I want I want you to understand that this is not about Tony Robbins, man. Tony Robbins ain't got nothing to do with this. Now, from what I understand, Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins is all about, you know, what you can do. I don't know if Tony Robbins preached about God, right? I stopped listening to him a while back. I don't know if the new Tony Robbins talk about God, but he gets a room full of people in there and he, and he pushes the button to tell them what they can do, right? So, wait, well, listen, I don't want to do nothing without God. Tony Robbins, they can keep his tapes and his books and everything he got, right? We're not talking about Tony Robbins' wisdom. We're talking about God' wisdom, Amen. Okay, so what we want to establish in a moment or two is we're going to establish that there is a difference. So let's look at the Proverbs and, and what was happening here right now and the purpose of the, the, the Proverbs from the, from the writer of Proverbs starting in verse 1. Proverbs uh, 1 starting in verse 1. So he says the Proverbs, and I'm reading the Amplified Classic Version. I like to read that version unless it just gets too, go on too, too far on and on and on. The Proverbs is truths obscurely expressed maxims and parables of Solomon, the son of King David, uh, uh, David, king of Israel, that people may know skillful, godly wisdom. So he wrote the book of Proverbs. And, and, and in this version, it says it talks about it makes a distinction between godly wisdom and other wisdom. Right. And we're going to read some other scriptures that that go that same route. That people may know skillful and godly wisdom, wisdom and instruction, discern and comprehend the words of understanding and insight to receive instruction in wise dealing and the discipline of the wise, uh, thoughtfulness, righteousness, justice, integrity, that prudence or good judgment. The word prudence means good judgment or shrewdness may be given to the simple and knowledge and discretion and discernment unto the youth. In other words, for the purpose of development. I wrote the Proverbs. Solomon said, I wrote the Proverbs for the purpose of development. Right? So what is his, what is his, uh, vehicle in which he is uh, pushing development? It's wisdom. But it's godly wisdom. It's not man's wisdom. It's godly wisdom. So he says, I wrote this. To, to give to the simple and to the youthful to help them to develop, to develop through godly wisdom. Right? 
Well, let's keep looking. Uh, the wise also may hear and increase in learning. The person of understanding will acquire skill and attain to sound counsel so that he may uh, be able to steer his course rightly. Uh, that people may understand a proverb and a figure of speech or an enigma with his interpretation and the words of the wise and their dark sayings or riddles. Now remember that the word of the wise and their dark sayings or riddles. The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning and the principle and the choice part of knowledge, its starting point and its essence. But fools despise skillful and godly wisdom. Somebody say godly wisdom. Instruction and discipline. So he's making the first case, the first scripture where they start to make a, a case distinguished between wisdom and godly wisdom. Okay? Difference between godly wisdom and human wisdom. There is a difference between godly wisdom and human wisdom. Godly wisdom understands human wisdom, but not vice versa. Godly wisdom understands human wisdom, but human wisdom does not understand God's wisdom. Godly wisdom understands human wisdom, but human wisdom does not understand God's wisdom. They don't understand it. So when we say that, when you start talking about God, God would know. Here we go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God would know human wisdom. Why? Because what? Because he was human. That's one point and that's point. But we're looking for another point. Why would God understand human wisdom? Chad, shoot your best shot at it. Boom. Because he created humans. God would understand human wisdom because he created humans. But the only way that a human can understand godly wisdom is to connect with God. God, humans came out of God, but humans can't, humans can't say the same thing about God. They can't say God came out of them. So God, God, if God's standpoint is I made you, I know how you think, I know what you think, I know what you're all about, I know you, I know you, I know you, I know you because I made you. Now you can't flip that around on God and say, I know you, I know how you think, unless you get to know God. You can't know how he thinks. Because you didn't come, he didn't come out of you, you came out of him. Right? So you got human wisdom and you got godly wisdom. Godly wisdom understands human wisdom, but human wisdom cannot understand godly wisdom without a relationship with God. So there is the progression and the development is all about relationship with God. Because we want godly wisdom. Now God can give you human wisdom. He can help you understand how humans work. Most of the stuff you read in the book of Proverbs is how humans act. Yeah. Right? He can, he can give you human wisdom. But you need godly wisdom. Sometimes human wisdom is wrong. It's not right. Sometimes humans do not understand to the full capacity what God knows and understands. That's why they have to adjust scientific facts. Because a human can say, this is what it is. Right? The smallest uh, particle is an atom. Right? That's what it is. It don't get no smaller than an atom. And then later on they say, oh, we found something called a quark. <laughs> right? It's smaller than an atom. But you, you put that in the textbooks. That an atom was the smallest thing a few years back. And now... You catch it up to something that God knew the whole time. Hey. 
So God has wisdom that humans don't have because God made everything. Human wisdom is progressive. Human wisdom is factual and in a lot of cases as it pertains to humans. But sometimes like a, a, a human can say the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. But then God can come back and say, not in this case. In this case, the shortest distance between two points is not a straight line. It's actually to go around three or four times, and then you wind up getting at a shorter time than going on a straight line. Why? Because God is prophetic, and God knows the future, he knows the present, and he knows the past. And God can say, you're looking and thinking you're going to go that from, from right here to right there, but I know, because I'm God, that there is an obstacle there that's going to take you three months if you go try, if you try to go straight from here to there. So the shortest distance is to take two weeks around. That's godly wisdom. And godly wisdom, has you have to have a relationship with God. Now, you don't abandon your human wisdom just off the bat. But that's why you have to have a relationship with God. Because you start out with wisdom. Simple wisdom. It's shortest distance between two points is a straight line. But when I've got a relationship with God, right, I have this unction that the Bible talks about that comes from the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah. Right? That'll tell you that in this case, human wisdom is not superior. You need to use, you need to do what I tell you to do. Yeah, that's good. In this case. Right? So development, develop, the primary thing in our development is to learn how to have that relationship with God so we can get godly wisdom. That's good. Right? God, God will have a plan that a human being don't have. That's why, you know, Tony Robbins can teach you from a human perspective. If you do these things, these have, and really what you're doing, Tony, you know, I'm not trying to knock on you, Tony, if you ever listen to this or Tony's reporters. <laughs> but really what you're doing is you're taking stuff from the Bible and saying truths from the Bible in a lot of cases, and you're plagiarizing the stuff that God already said. If it's true, then God said it. Right? You didn't come up with nothing new. You're not smarter than God. Okay? So now let's look at some more scripture. Let's look at uh, Ecclesiastes 2.26. Talking about wisdom, godly wisdom. So for a long time, you know, I, I, I hurt myself. I'm like, man, you ain't the brightest tool in the shed. Right? What can you do? You got a relationship with God. You respect that. You can hear from God. After that, it ain't a whole lot to you. So I thought about myself. But Lenny, I come to find out that's really all I need. See, because God can give me human wisdom. He can put me on the pathway. He can direct me to go take a class to get the human wisdom. But the human wisdom can't give me what God can. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 26. So what I need to do is I need to get, you know, God can tell you to go to school. God can tell you you need to go take a class. You needed to get a degree in this thing right here. God tell you this is the, the level of human wisdom that you need. See, I don't need to go to God for a, a course in electronics. I don't need to go to God for that. I need to go to God for God to tell me I need to go take the course in electronics. There it is. Which one in here? Yeah. Right? So God will use human wisdom, but human wisdom can't do the same for God. He can't do that. Ecclesiastes uh, yes. two twenty six. He says this for the per- for the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom. Right. Okay, so wisdom ain't. I guess wisdom ain't bad. All of us tongue talking charismatics, <laughs> right? Wisdom is not a bad thing because God give it, right? 
So that must mean in addition with us speaking in tongues that we do need some godly wisdom. For the, for to the person that pleases him, God gives wisdom and, and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner, he gives, uh, the work of gathering and heaping up that he may give to the one who pleases God. This also is vanity and striving after the wind and feeding on it. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. We're going to read a lot of scriptures tonight because I, I want you to get this, this part in your system, uh, from God and there's a lot of simple proof right here from the scriptures. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, but of him you are in, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, uh, who became for us wisdom from God. So Jesus became wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Jesus has made unto us wisdom. That's the only thing that's saying is, is that the wisdom that we need, godly wisdom, is found in a relationship with Jesus. He became wisdom for us. From God. But of him you are of Christ Jesus who became wisdom for us from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. A lot of good things come from God. Right? Uh, let's look at Proverbs chapter 3 verse 7. No, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 1, 25, oh, 1 Corinthians 1, 21 through 25. 1 Corinthians 1, 21 through 25. 1 Corinthians 1. 21 through 25. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness, but to those who are called, who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God unto wisdom, to the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser, wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So we're talking about, again, a separation of, of man, human wisdom and God's wisdom. Let's read it again. For since, since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God, which, which there can't be no foolishness of God. Uh, the foolishness of God is wiser, if, but if there were foolishness from God, it would be wiser than uh, wiser than men. And if there were weakness in God, it would be stronger than men. Right. So we, we want the wisdom and strength from God. We want to be on God's side. Let's look at Proverbs chapter three, verse seven. Talking about the distinction of human wisdom. There is a distinction between the two human wisdom and godly wisdom. Godly wisdom comes from relationship. Come from reading your Bible. It comes from having a prayer time. Proverbs 3, 7. He says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. 
He says, be not wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. So he says, there he is talking about, he says, be not wise in your own eyes. Again, knocking human wisdom. Don't, don't be smart about what you think you're smart about. Don't be wise about yourself. You need to be wise with, with what I give you. Be wise with godly wisdom. Uh, let's go to James chapter 3, verse 13. James 3, verse 13. This, this stuff's all over the Bible, too. James 3, starting at verse 13. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? All right, it's a good question to start off with. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But wisdom that is from above. So he uses, he uses a word that separates the two. He says, but wisdom that is from above. Who then is wise among you? Right? And he talks about what, what that human wisdom's like. And then he goes on and he says, but wisdom is from above. But the wisdom that is from above, and he, then he, he clarifies what that is. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield, it's full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So here again is another distinction between human wisdom and wisdom. It says, we call it right here, wisdom from above. Right? This is what God wants to develop in us. Right now, uh, in godly wisdom, there is human wisdom. Right, but in human wisdom alone, there is no godly wisdom. Right, there is human wisdom inside godly wisdom. But if you just look at the, to the atheist that says I'm wise and I'm smart, it's like okay, we got the entire book. We don't have just an excerpt from the book. Right, human wisdom just an excerpt from the book. God's book is the whole book. Right. Even though we are charismatic, we speak in tongues, we still need godly wisdom. In fact, one of the blessings of tongues is the interpretation or godly insight. Yeah. Right? So even though we charismatics, we still need godly wisdom. And this is the, and I, and I have to beat on some of this stereotypical thinking of charismatics. Is that, you know, we're going to come in and we're going to pray. And we're going to lift up holy hands and we're going to worship. And then God's going to just do it. Well, after we come in and we do that, God wants to just do it. <laughs> but you may be a stumbling block in the situation. Come on now. Now we've got, we've got God looking. We've pleased God by worshiping him and acknowledging that ain't nothing going to happen without him. We didn't come and confess that. We didn't come and worship like, like that so. And so now you you don't want to leave God in a situation where ain't nothing going to happen because you're not going to do your part. You're not going to develop. You're not going to change. I want to do my part, but you're stopping me because you won't grow. 
How many times are we going to ask God to open up a door opportunity? Open up God, open a door opportunity, bring such and such in front of me so that this thing that me and you work on, on our journey, I, I, you know, they can help me and open up doors and we can go on down the road with it. But God was like, well, uh, you want me to bring such and such in front of you, but where's your presentation at? I can get him in front of you, but where's your presentation at? Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to write it. Well, I had planned to bring them to you tomorrow. You, you don't have your paperwork, though. So what you what you want me to do, I, my part, because I'm God, is to, is to make the miracle happen to get you across from them with, ear, with, with the saying, I'm all ears. Yeah. But your part is to be ready with what I would. With, with, listen, you don't even have I tell you what to say. But see, see, in uh, typical thinking, we, 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 some of these people are not at that level. Everybody ain't at, everybody that God brings along to help you is not charismatic. Hmm. They're not on that level. They haven't dreamed about you last night. I saw a tall, bald Hispanic man coming before me. I, everybody not having them kind of things happen. They're not having that. They, they, they look at you and be like, oh, hey, bud, what's your name? You ever had a situation like that where you was looking for somebody and you, 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 you God and talked to you about him, you and God had discussed that person and then you stand in front of them and they, you think that they're going to like know you like you know them. You done read about them on the internet and all that kind of stuff and you said, hey bud, what's your name? <laughs> they ain't that, God might not have gave them no dream about you. Yeah. But God put them in your face. Are you ready? God made them come. Well, you know, this is, this is, this is kind of wild. I normally don't. So God put him in front of you, but did you do your part? Yep. Are you ready with your part? Hmm. How many times are you going to keep sitting up there saying, you know, just only praying? Faith without works is dead. Yeah, yeah. You got a part that you got to play. Uh-huh. There is human wisdom in godly wisdom. There is a part you got to play. Remember what we said, Apostle Paul. One of the more learned men among all of the apostles, of the apostles, that's probably why he wrote most of the New Testament, because he possessed that skill. Now, Peter was a fisherman, right? He brought some other things to the table. We know he had a knife. You know, maybe because he gut fish and clean fish, you know, we know he had a knife. So everybody brings something different to the table. You know, and we know that, you know, he could cuss, right? So fisherman, he got attitude. He's rough. You know, and maybe the disciples, some of the more uh, uh, soft dudes needed somebody like Peter to step up and say, I'm going to walk on the water, God. Let me come out there. Man, you need to shut up, Peter. You, you got a big mouth. <laughs> maybe they needed that influence, right? Maybe they need that that he brought to the table. Maybe. Everybody got something. But you have to develop. You can't just put it all on God. Whatever that looks like for you and where you're trying to go, you have to develop. And, the, and, the, and the, the pathway to development is seeking Jesus, and you seek Jesus, you'll find godly wisdom, right? Yeah. Uh, let's look at James 1, 5. James 1, 5. We're almost done. James 1, 5. He says, if any of you is deficient in wisdom, we know what deficiency is, 
Deficient in wisdom, let him ask the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given him. So here again, why would the Bible tell you to ask God for something that he don't want you to have? So this does away with the thinking or the notion or what people have been trying to push on us that if we are charismatic Christians, we can be dummies. That is throw that whole thing out the window. Why does God want us? He does not want us to be dummies. And for one reason, understand something that though we are spiritual, a lot of the world is carnal. And so what is God in the business of doing? He's in the business of redeeming the carnal individual. Right? So we have to, we have to get out there among them in order to bring them into this place of spirituality. And so you have to know some things about them and how they do their thing in order to be able to infiltrate that. The Bible says that he that is wise, win his souls. So God is a proponent of wisdom. He's, he wants you to be wise. But we're not just talking about Tony Robbins wise. We're not just talking about human wisdom. You can be as smart, humanly wise as you want to be and be no earthly good to God because you have no spiritual connection. Jesus said to ask, to seek, and to knock. And the doors will be open, right? The Bible says, study to show yourself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The Bible says to get wisdom. It is the principal thing. And the scripture says, through wisdom is the house builded, and by knowledge are all the chambers filled with precious things. Why does God have so much to say about wisdom to us charismatic folks? The same people he told to go to the upper room and wait on the Holy Ghost to come. He talks to us about wisdom too. Get wisdom. In Solomon's case, think, think about if Solomon didn't have wisdom when them two ladies came fighting over that baby. What would that situation look like? Solomon don't have wisdom. God, God didn't give him wisdom. What does that look like? And so listen, let's, let's, look at the, let's look at it again from this perspective. The Bible says of Solomon that Solomon asked for wisdom. And God said, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. Right? I'm going to give it to you. And so God gave him what? He gave him godly wisdom and he gave him human wisdom together. He gave him both of them. Right? This is something that came from God. So the primary importance in everything that we're talking about of our development is the connection to God. The primary important thing in our development is our connection to God. That's the most important thing, because I can't tell you how many uh, used to be fools are now doing great things for God. or used to be uneducated are doing great things for God. God can fill you up with wisdom. And if you need human wisdom, he can tell you where to go get it. He can give you life lessons. He can do all of that. So what would that situation look like? Now, to me, if I had never read it in the Bible, I wouldn't have known what to do. I I told you, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, though. Maybe somebody in here may have had a solution and said, well, I would have done the same thing. I don't know what I would have done. Two ladies come in, and they start telling the story. They said, we both had babies. They laid them down, and uh, and we woke up in the morning. One of the babies was alive, and the other one was dead, and I say it's mine, and she say it's hers. 
Now, now forget that you know the story and think about how you handle that situation right there. Forget that you know how Solomon handled it, but I want you, you don't have to give me no answer. But you think about how you would have handled that situation. If he didn't have wisdom, where does he go with that? How do you fix that? Do you, do you let him rotate? You're like, you're like, you know what I'm saying? Child custody? Yeah. You get him on weekends. In the summertime, you get him for a whole month. How, how do you work that out? I mean, that's what our governments came up with, with on the, you know, the, with the babies. But this brother said, okay. Now, now, I want you to understand something. God's wisdom didn't sound anything like human wisdom coming out of his mouth. Didn't sound like nothing you ever heard. But you got to understand, the Bible says, God, the Bible says out of God's own mouth that he gave him wisdom. That's right. So the wisdom of God said, listen, y'all are not ready for this. You're not ready for this. <laughs> Nobody in the room's ready for what I'm about to say. The wisdom of God said, cut the baby in half. Think about that. Chew on that for a minute. The wisdom of God said, cut the baby in half. Mm. I could never sell that to you if it wasn't in the Bible. The wisdom of God, where Solomon got his wisdom from God, the wisdom of God said, cut the baby in half. And give her half and give her half and y'all get out of here. The wisdom of God, Pastor Ben, of anything, we would have never thought that God would say something like that. The wisdom of God would say something like that. Cut the baby in half and give her half and give her half. Y'all get out of here. Yeah. Wow. The wisdom of God knew that the true mother was going to give up the baby before she knew. Boy. The wisdom of God knew that the shortest distance was uh, between two points was not, not a straight, a straight line. line. The wisdom of God. God in prophetic knew that that's how it was going to come out. But, but point I'm trying to make is this is how he, this is how he, he, this is what he said. This is the pathway to get them to understand that. Cut the baby in half. And then all of a sudden, Solomon knows whichever one of them wants the baby to live, that's the mama. So the one of them, one of them said, no, 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 don't cut the baby. Don't cut the baby in half. Just let her have the baby. Solomon said, take the baby from this other chick, give her to her. That ain't the mama, this the real mama over here. The wisdom of God. If there's no wisdom, how does that, how does that thing come out? So oftentimes, listen, the wisdom of God is something past what you can think of. That's why you have to have a relationship with God in order to get a hold to the wisdom of God. The relationship is the key. Nobody would have ever thought. I guarantee you. Now I wish I was in that room. Could you? Could you? Let's just <laughs> set the scene before I'm, I'm finished. Set the scene. Everybody in the room. The two ladies come in there. They had to be walked into the presence of the king. You know, he got some people here. I imagine I kind of like a city council meeting. You ever seen a city council meeting on TV? That nobody paying attention. They all talking, all kind of stuff. And them two ladies come in there crying with that baby and sit up there, almost like one of them Judge Judy shows. <laughs> nobody was ready for what they was about to say. Well, King, this is, this is, this is the problem. The one line. We went to bed last night and I had my baby right here and she had her baby over there. So then when 
we woke up in the morning, her baby, it was dead. And mine was still right here. And so then she come talking about that that's her baby. I said, no. (laughs) I said, no. (laughs) This my baby. Right? And so she talking about birthmarks and all that. I ain't seen... (laughs) I ain't seen no birthmarks. And I tell the truth. I wasn't coming here lying, King. The other woman ain't saying nothing the whole time. Now, no, no, don't you know that everybody else in the room, if they was texting, if they was talking, whatever else, everybody stopped texting and stopped talking and looked at the king. What you going to do? And then the second part of it comes, cut the baby in half. The whole room is confused. The whole room is confused. (laughs) And then it plays out. Do you you not know that their minds were blown? What they thought of him? When them ladies walked out of there, they're like, this dude, only God could, could, could do that. Only God could do that. That's why the Queen of Sheba, when she came, she said, I've heard. The story is about your wisdom. Where did his wisdom come from? It came from God. Hmm. But wisdom from God can sound sometimes like cut the baby in half. Meaning what point that I'm trying to make is it may not sound like you think it ought to sound. Because the only other option with that situation is we can't tell who baby it is. They didn't have blood work back then. They no DNA kits online. None of that kind of stuff. No Maury Povich. No, uh, none of that kind of stuff. What's another dude named Jerry Springer? They they didn't have no Jerry Springer kits. None of that. The best that they could have done was to give them both visitation rights with the baby. That's the best that they could have come up with. So there's an importance for us to distinguish and to know that God's wisdom can do things that human wisdom can't do. Because God knows more than any human being he ever created. And, and in order to, in order to be able to have access to God's wisdom, you have to have a relationship with God. You have to have a relationship with God. We, we know it is written in the scripture that this brother went to God, made a humongous sacrifice, number one, for God to show up. Then God shows up and asks him, he said, whatever you want, I'll do it. I need to get some wisdom. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm about to have to lead all these people. I got a little bit of smarts, but I think this is out of my league. I think this is above my pay grade. I don't really know how to do this. I need to get some wisdom from you. And so God was so impressed, not because he was so wise. He was so impressed because he saw what was so evident. How are you going to be a king and don't know what you're doing unless you know what you're doing? And so who did he do? He didn't say, I got to, you know, run to the university and get a speedy degree online. I didn't do it. He didn't do that. Now, he, now God, I'm sure he had to develop and he had to know some of that and that would have helped him. But he, I need wisdom quick. Because I had heard they might make me king. But now I am king because of all this mess that was going on with my brother, the process got sped up. Dad's on his deathbed. Now I'm in this thing right now, God. 
Now, I might get to go, they need to go on for some continuing education, but I need something immediate. And so he asked God, and God gave him wisdom. God gave him wisdom. God helped him develop, helped him to develop. Now, one last thing I'll say about Solomon as our example. Last thing I'll say about Solomon as our example is that, again, even in God developing Solomon, we saw that he still had issues, right? He had a problem with the ladies. He had a problem with the ladies. And so, as I have been saying about everybody and the need for development, what shape are these people in if they do not go through the development? Hmm. Even, even after God done so much development with them, they all show signs that they're still flawed. So they're in terrible shape if they never go through this with God in the first place. Amen? Uh, Hosea 4, 6 says, my people destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Uh-huh. I want to say this. What is the opposite of destroyed? And I, I looked it up today and I took a picture, screenshot. What's the opposite of, if he said that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, then let's see how we can fit the opposite in there. So then if we look up the opposite of destroyed, we can reword that statement. Then my people are, instead of destroyed, the opposite of destroyed, they're built up for the abundant supply of knowledge. My people are established for the abundant supply of knowledge. Even developed. My people are developed for the abundant supply. Instead of lack of knowledge, right? My people are developed. My people are created. My people are put up. My people are authorized. My people are legalized. My people are promoted. My people are constructed. My people are raised. My people are erected. My people are reconstructed. My people are set up. My people are authorized. My people are legalized. My people are introduced. For the abundant supply of knowledge. Amen. So you can flip it. As the, the destruction comes from the lack of knowledge, all of these great things that build us up come from the abundant supply of knowledge. Amen. Amen. And again, we're talking about God's knowledge. We're not talking about nothing else. We're talking about God. And God's knowledge includes, God's wisdom includes man's wisdom. 